Good morning. Simple generosity. You know, in the last few weeks, there's been this phenomena across America that people have been freaking out. The Powerball. And I'm not an advocate of the Powerball, but if you won the Powerball, I would definitely be a recipient and be blessed. And it's amazing how many people have been going, oh, Pastor, Pastor, if I win the Powerball, oh, if I win the Powerball, we're going to be so blessed. Oh, we're going to be blessed. You got that right. So it's funny how people think about, I'm going to be generous if I get a lot of money. If I get $1.6 billion or I split it with my friends, then I can afford to be generous. But Jesus says, be generous with what you have. And I just want to know, I want to go on record, did anybody here win the Powerball? I just want to know. Okay, nobody won it. Okay, great. Well, there's this rich guy, his name is Bill Gates. You ever heard of Bill? And I read this thing about it, I thought it was quite interesting. It says there's hundreds of countries across the world that have less money than Bill Gates. That's very encouraging. You know, one thing says 72.7, one said 80, 90. All I know is when you, when you get to the B, when you get to the billion club, you're doing pretty good. And all the church said, yeah. Okay, listen to this. At 72.7 billion, at a 6% rate, every second of his day is worth $114.17 which literally makes it not worth his time to pick up a C-note off the ground. You do know what a C-note is. That's a $100 bill. It's not even worth the time of Bill Gates to pick up a $100 bill because he's worth more than that. And I'm just going, sick. So you wasted your time if you did that. And yet, if you've ever read about Bill Gates, uh, they say that he's already given away 26 to $28 billion of his fortune. So people across the world say Bill Gates is a very generous man. Very generous. They, matter of fact, they've never known of anybody more generous that gave more of his finances than he has. You know, I mean, people have been more generous in percentage and proportion, but as far as like volume, man, this guy's got it. But if you compare the wealth of Bill Gates to God, Bill Gates is a pauper. He's a little guy. Almost insignificant, but God created him, so he has a little significance. So what I'm saying to us this morning is, we're probably never going to be billionaires or millionaires or whatever. And man, that's awesome if you are, and if you are, just come forward, and we, we, we'd love to pray over you this morning. But uh, look, look right here at this verse. I love this verse. The Apostle Paul, in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians, he, he gives a verse, because people are always saying, well, pastor, do we tithe? Do we give? Do we tithe on the gross? Do we tithe on the net? Do we bring it to the storehouse? Do we send it wherever? No, 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 no. And, people, and I always I have a real quick response. Yeah, do you want to be blessed on the gross or the net? And they're like, oh, okay, you answer that question. You got any other quick quibs? But, but listen to this. In 2 Corinthians, right across the top of your outline, look there with me. You already excel in some things. You excel in faith and you excel in knowledge and enthusiasm and love. But then Paul says, but now I want you to add generosity to these values. You've got it right there in front of you. Would you just circle the word? It's in red. Would you circle generosity? That's what Paul says. You've, you've got faith. You've got love. You've got knowledge. Other places he go, you've been given spiritual resources. You've got spiritual gifts. You have a spiritual mix. You've got all these things. Awesome, awesome. Do them. But now, I want you to excel in generosity. And I know there's some people here this morning, let's just be honest, there's some of you that are sitting there right now, and, and you're struggling, and, and you're saying, generous, I'm just concerned if I'm going to make it to the end of the day, to the end of the month, to the end of the day, well, to the end of the month. Guess what? You've made it. 
I mean, today's the last day. So you made it to the end of the month. Tomorrow's February. Can y'all believe tomorrow's February 1? Yeah, we're doing a, we're doing a, a pool party this afternoon if y'all want to come. I'm just kidding. It feels like it out there. That's going to be awesome. But you know what? When I read scripture, it just says God loves cheerful givers. He loves good attitudes. And he loves it when you and I excel in generosity. You know, generosity, we'll talk a lot today about our finances, but generosity in time, that we're generous with our time to serve the king. We're generous in our talents that God's given us. We, we give those back. The other morning I was reading, and because and I've been on this generous thought for all week, and, and then I came across this verse. And if any man lacks wisdom, he should ask God, and God gives generously without finding fault all those that ask him so it told me and, I, and i've quoted this verse and i've prayed it for decades is that god i need wisdom and my friends need wisdom and you say if we ask you you will give meagerly to us it doesn't say that it says i will give generously abundantly how many of you need generous wisdom this morning come on hold your hands up how many need generous wisdom we all do and God promises to give that if we seek him, if we know him, if we participate in that. C.S. Lewis, the great writer, I've got a book, it's about this thick, and it's got the quotes of C.S. Lewis, and profound mind, just tremendous. But he said this, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Wow. I mean, he had all these deep thoughts, and I thought, man, that, that's one to kind of get us thinking Sunday morning. So let's look here. There, there's a little typo down there where it says six. It, it, it came out of line, so then it jumped on. So I know you're looking, you're like, you know, are you very good with money? You wrote 10, but it's got 11. But there's not a six, so it should be a seven. So just go ahead so you can get over it. Because some of you right now, you're ADDDDDD, and you're just freaking out. You can't figure it out. Okay, no, I didn't pull. I just, it's messed up, but it's okay. It's going to be good. Is that, is that fair enough? See, some of you are like, I'm so glad he cleared that up because that's been bothering you all morning. You've been looking, going 10 principles, 11, man, not going to this church. They can't even add. Okay, here we are. <laughs> Listen to the first point. When we give, others catch a vision. When we give, others just simply catch a vision. I love what the scripture says. Where there is no revelation, another translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds instruction. So when there's no vision for the people, where there's no vision for the lost, where there's no vision for the city, where there's no vision for the poor and the oppressed, where there's no vision for the up and up, where there's no vision for broken people, we're in trouble. But you know, when we give, man, People, people get it. People catch a vision. People, when they catch a vision for something, they tend to get generous because they believe in that. And I'll build this case this morning. You'll, you'll see more as I go along. Let's go ahead and look at the second one. When we give, we show that we're invested. You know, a lot of times we go, well, I'm invested in this. Well, how do you know you're invested in something unless you give it your time and your attention and your resources and your prayer and your passion and your energy and your life and your all I did a series several months ago maybe last year it's called all in God says I want the church to be all in are you all in church are you all in church that's what God wants. man he wants us all in he wants us committed to Christ he wants us transforming through the power of the Holy Spirit lives and declaring and, and discipling people in his name but listen to what it says there in Matthew 6 19 through 21 
Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and then vermin there, it goes, and rust, they don't destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. In this world, we have to have security systems and alarms and, and, and big dogs. And, and my friends over here, y'all got a big, no, they're over here. Y'all got a big dog. We got these people in our church, I love them back there, and, and I'll leave them nameless, but I'm out one day walking the neighborhood, and I promise you they have a Shetland pony, but it has a dog's face on it. It's the biggest dog I've ever seen. And the wife, man, she's real athletic, and I'm just telling you, man, there's nobody coming near her with that dog. I mean, it was, golly, it was big, you know. So anyway, so here it is. So where our treasure is, where's your treasure this morning? You're saying, well, I've got it hid. I've got it here. It's, it's my home. It's my stocks. It's this. I mean, God says, hey, I, I want to have your heart. Look at the third one. When we give, others are inspired by our, our example. In Acts, we, we've been looking at Acts 2 a lot in the last few weeks. And today, I, I just want to touch just on this little section, 2, 44 through 45. All the believers were together. And they had everything in common, says the word. They sold property and possessions to all those who had need. But the early church, we talked about the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and, and prayer last weekend. And now he says, and they shared and they, they came together. And if somebody had a need, man, they took it out of the till, out of the treasury, or they took it out of their own resources. And they said, and you now have. And I think, man, that's a church that God wants. He wants a benevolent church. He wants a generous church. And we give and we see needs and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we see a brother or sister hurting and we go, we can meet that need in the strength of Christ. And that's what it says here. It says they were inspired. I think about Jesus. We always quote Jesus and the widow. And the widow gave the might. And it didn't look much economically, but it, compared to what she had, it was astronomical. It made Bill Gates and his 28 billion looked like he was being selfish it was off the chart giving and we have that story recorded in the gospel so we can remember this woman and we can think about us or then the bible talks about the macedonians and the macedonians were generous and they're recorded in scripture because because i need an example and you need an example and then we read about david king david and the leaders of the kingdom as they were building and those people were generous and you can go through the old and new testament you see generosity See, models will always affect our giving. Write that in the margin. Examples or models of giving will always affect us in our giving patterns many times. When we see other people that are generous, then we want to know, why are they generous? What motivates them? I think it's the love of Christ that constrains them. Look at the fourth one. When we give, it yields a generous harvest. There's just a harvest. When we built the church, moving out of AUM back in the 90s to build this campus here, we, we talked about building for the harvest. That was our slogan. That was our campaign. And it was all based on the scripture. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously, they will reap generously. And each of you should give as he's decided in his own heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly in all 
so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will now abound in every good work, says the Scriptures. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. But now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, it will now result in thanksgiving to God. And basically, it's just telling me they were generous people and they abounded pounded in the generosity of what they had because their hearts have been touched by God. You see, I can't, I don't know how to convince you to give and I can't persuade you and I can tell you stories and I can model for you and I've been, I've been a giver for 38 years and I've walked with Jesus and I love to tithe and I love to give first fruits and I love to give special gifts and that's just, that's who I am but that's who Christians are supposed to be. And the church said, I ain't there yet. But Jesus wants you there. He wants us to give, and he wants us to grow in our giving. And i got to just say, I'm going to go ahead and hold this up. We, we bought about 100 of these when we were building that second building. I love this man. I, we've bought more of his materials. We've done so much of his stuff here at Christ Community. Andy Stanley, I, pr premier pastor communicator. Fields of Gold. Just write down, I think it's down there on our sources. It talks about Fields of Gold. It's a great book. You ought to just read it about percentage giving and priority giving and all these kind of great things. But... Look, look, I want to I move to the fifth one. When we give, our happiness increases. I like that. When I give, I get happy. You're saying, well, there's something wrong with you because when I give, it hurts. You, you got the wrong attitude. When you give, it should bring joy to your soul. It brings joy to the heart of your Father in heaven. It brings joy to others. It does so many things for the kingdom when we give to kingdom causes. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, just listen to the word. There is more happiness in giving than receiving, says the TV translation. See, we always go, no, that's more blessed to get than give. No, 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 that's, that's the world system. But in Jesus' economy, in Jesus' system, man, it's just a blessing to give because when you give, you know, somebody says, well, when you give, you feel good. I do feel good. And I bless my Father. And it's about His glory. And everything in the earth is the Lord's. Does anybody believe that today? It's all His. You're going, no, it ain't. I earned it. It's mine. Time out. You don't know nothing. You don't own anything. You're saying, well, why don't God pay my mortgage? He does. He gave you a brain. He gave you a mind. He gave you a job. He's a great God. Man, I just want to break out and say, God, you increase my happiness when I give. Okay, let me put it this way. Let's just be real, real, real. I'm still learning this. I don't have this down, but I think it'll make a good example. When I was young, haha, and it was and it was Christmas. I loved Christmas because Christmas and, and we didn't know Christ in my home. I was the first Christian, okay, at 19. So Christmas really was all about giving gifts or whatever. But you know what Christmas was? And this is how dark I am or was. It was all about what I could get. And then I got married. And it was more about what I could give. And then we had kids, and it became more about what we could give them. And then we had grandchildren, and we became crazy. <laughs> and it was about what we could give. And, and, and you know what? Today, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to lie, because I don't want God to zap me off this stage. The truth is, I like to give. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't overcome that yet, okay? But I do believe in my heart that I am maturing, and it's more blessed to give than receive. And the church said, we need to be givers. 
See, when you give, it blesses the heart of the Father. And you're like, and it is, man, there's such joy. Yesterday was our, uh, Friday was our granddaughter's birthday. She was three, and yesterday was a party for her. And it was so fun to give good gifts to her. A good father loves to give good gifts. And if a father loves to give good gifts, as her father gives good gifts, and as her grandfather likes to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father like to give you good gifts? Some of you today go, my father in heaven is mad at me. He, stop it! He is not mad at you. He loves you. Now he's trying to break some patterns that might be you're so full of greed and selfishness, and he's like, enough. But he loves you. He loves to give good gifts, and I get excited about that, and it's the, it's the power of Christ. Let's look at the, the sixth one. Okay, not six, seven. But you, you remember? You already numbered. Okay. When we give, God promises to prosper us. Now, somebody's going, hallelujah, I've been waiting for that liberation theology to hit our church prosperity. I'm going out. Jeff, come lead us in a song. No, hold on. You're going to miss it if you just think God loves to prosper us. He does but it's contingent upon something. Because God does love to prosper his kids. I believe that. Listen to uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. As we have been forgiven and refreshed by the grace and blood of Christ, we go and refresh others. As we help others, as we refresh others, God pours out blessings. How many of you love, believe that God loves to bless you? And we go, but financially, he has it. No, time out, stop it. It's so much bigger than your finances. If you are healthy today, you ought to give praise to Jesus. If you have a marriage and it's good, or you're thinking about it being good, you ought to give praise to Jesus. And if you got a kid or a kid on the way, you ought to give some praise. And if you drove over here today and you had wheels and you're going, but it wasn't cool, but you had wheels, you ought to give praise to Jesus. And if you ate this morning, you ought to give praise to Jesus because Jesus is good. Somebody's like, yeah, but I want his truck. I, I know. I ride up in parking lots and I look at trucks and I look at cars and go, mm, mm. One reason I don't, go, I don't go to new car lots because when I get in there, they got this smell. Somebody said they got a spray for that. If you want to give me some of that spray, give me some. I just spray it and I go, glory, you know, whatever. All right. I mean, man, I got, I got, you know, I got a car. It's a great car. It's a 2006. It's 10 years old. It's a decade old. Got a bunch of miles on it. I bought it on eBay. Yeah, I'm that crazy. That's how crazy I am, okay? Went on eBay and bought a car. Who does that? Somebody has faith. I got a one-way plane ticket to go buy my car. My wife says, if, if you'd paid 20 more dollars, you could have got a two-way. I said, no, but I believe God, and I thought this was it. And then after I got out there and started looking, I'm like, Jesus, this has got to be it, because if I got to call her, I got to buy another ticket, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. See, y'all didn't know, four and a half years ago, you almost lost your pastor. You almost got relocated to Houston. Okay, all right. I'm just that crazy. I, I, that's all right. I'm comfortable with it. All right, here we go. All right. You give, God prospers. Look at Luke 6.38. I want you to, I want this verse just to get down in your heart. Give, and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Y'all maybe consider memorizing that verse. It's a great verse. Lord, I want to be a giver. I want to be generous. I want to be measured. I want to be pressed down. I want to be shaken together. God, I want it to overflow. We all like the overflow. I mean, the overflow is cool. And sometimes we don't experience the overflow because we're 
holding on. We're greedy. We're selfish. We're not doing the things that bless the heart of the Lord that he's created us for, that he's well pleased. The scripture would say Jesus laid down his life. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he gave his life. The Lord Jesus just laid his life down voluntarily for you and me. That's love. That's supreme love. That's sacrificial love. That's the love of the Father. That's the love of Christ. And this morning, I'm just thinking, wow, God, you're, you're, you're generous, and I'm not. And, you know, I would write down this thought. It's not in your notes, but I think it's a good thought. Jesus calls us all to astonishing generosity. Jesus wants our faith, as I said weeks ago, to marvel him. To, they would marvel because of our faith. And Jesus wants our generosity to astonish the body of Christ in the world. And people go, why are you so generous? Because, not because I have to, because I'm compelled to. And the love of Christ is in my life, and Christ is changing. I was with somebody not long ago, and they said, one of the things I'm excited about this year is every check that comes in, I want to make sure I tithe it, and I want to give to the glory of Christ. i got to tell you, when a pastor hears that, you're like, there's some maturity happening in the house. This morning, there's some people that need to mature in this area of faith, and you're going, I need to give. And you're like, wow, man, you're kind of making this uh, generosity thing fun. I think it is fun. And Jesus charges us to live an astonishing life and to be generous. And, and it's a, you know what generosity is? It's a Jesus-shaped response. Because Jesus models it. And when, when I respond to him, I reflect him and I, and I honor him and I obey him. And every act of generosity for you and I, it's a seed. You know, uh, Rick Warren said this, but so many people have said it, so who knows who originally said it. But if you have a need, sow a seed. Now, I know that can get really crazy, but at the end of the day, man, when you have needs, you ought to sow seeds. You ought to sow seeds of generosity. You ought to sow seeds of giving. You ought to sow seeds of sharing your faith, of witnessing, of being sensitive to others. And, and that comes back on a shaking together, measure down. It's just it's, it's a principle of the kingdom. God is astonished. Here it is. Generosity is not just a strategy for adding kindness to your life. It's a strategy for transformation. How many of you want to be transformed this morning? You're saying, well, I came to church to look good. I came to church to have those cheese balls with my kids. I came to church to hear a good song. I came to church. Okay, you came to church for a lot of reasons. But did you come to church to be transformed? I was meeting with Dave Garth the other day, and Dave chairs our um, leadership team. Love this brother. Loves Jesus. And he says, you know, there's only one thing I want. I just want a consistent visitation of God to transform the body. That just Christ would show up large. And he would transform me, and he'd transform you, and he'd transform this fellowship. And that's the Acts 2 fellowship we talked about last weekend. It's a transformational, biblical, functioning community of Christ. Our generosity reveals God. It's kindness. It's, it's, the, it's the generous love of God that gets uh, expressed out to the world. This morning, man, I got to tell you, I'm so excited right now. I'm looking, and we got less empty chairs than we've had in a long time. I'm like, man, this is awesome, man. Let's keep this. You know, what do we got? But I just pray, God, fill every chair. God, get all the chairs out. we we got chairs upstairs. We can still hold a lot more. I just think God's got something for our church. I think he wants an overflow. How many of you want to believe God for an overflow? Amen? I've preached in this room. We had overflow. People up against the walls and people being crazy. And the heat would just get, oh, it would be crazy in here. You couldn't cool it down. And you're going, well, that's a good reason we ain't going to grow. No, 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 no. Don't be selfish. Just for a little while. We, we'll have the air. We'll get it down. It'll, you know, where your park is in here, it'll be 32, you know? But... Just come, bring them, invite them. Lord, do something mighty in this place. God, let us sow some seeds today. 
Generosity is a seed for invitation for us to try something without worrying about the outcome. It's planting the seed. God, I want to be generous, so I'm going to sow my best gift. God, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. Here we go. Here we go. I just thought about this. This will help you. This week, you're going to have your statements mailed. Something happened. They didn't all get out. I think they get in the mail tomorrow. So please forgive me. Okay, would everybody forgive me? Say yes. And mean it. Okay. Your statement from the church giving will come out in the next couple of days, and you can do your income tax, okay? And you're going to get a statement, and it's going to reflect your giving this year, and some of you are going to go, Hallelujah! Ooh, I hadn't been very faithful this year. Just pray about it. What does Jesus want you to do? Because there's needs and generosity funds the resources of the kingdom, and it's God's money. It's not mine. It's not yours. You know, there's a word we've used, and it's not a very good word for today because we go, I'm on the steward's board. You're on the steward's board? Are y'all cooking? I mean, man, I thought it was funny. Okay, anyway. But, I mean, when I go, you're a steward, like a steward, like your stewardess? Or, no, no, you're a steward. Say manager. We're managers of God's money. What you live on is his, and he allows you. He says, man, give me 10% and you can live on the rest. I'm like, that's a pretty good deal. I give you a dime, you give me 90. Now, just think about it. How much does the government take? Now, I know, I shouldn't have done that. Now you'll get political and all messed up, okay? All I'm telling you is Jesus is good, and the church said. And the church said. He's good, okay. I know somebody's going to send me your tax refund this week. Or not me, you're going to send the church, or probably going to send me your bill. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, God loves a cheerful giver. And, you know, I've told you before, but hilarious is the Greek word. We get the word hilarious. So when we gave this morning, <laughs> oh, that was fun. Oh, I didn't see nobody smiling. Nobody was partying like, nobody ever comes to me and goes, the favorite part of our service is when we give. I just, it's nobody says that. Matter of fact, you know, what the, you know what the modern church is doing? And I thought about it. I don't know if I have enough faith. They quit taking offerings, and they have boxes hanging up in the back. They go, if you feel like it, just put something in the box on the way out. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And we could do that, and if y'all want to do that, and the leadership team says we're putting boxes in, hey, you know what? My God's big enough. We can trust him. But it should be a hilarious generosity moment when we give. And the church said, are you kidding? Yeah, that's what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than receive. You're like, wow, man, this helped. Here it is. Nobody can criticize your testimony. You get fired up for Christ. You get fired up about giving. You get fired up about serving. And you just go, this is what I do. And this is why I declare this. And this is the faithfulness of God. And this is the, the power of Christ in my life. And I want to share it with somebody else. Here it is. Let me give you some verses. Just write them down. Proverbs 21, 17. Indulging in luxuries, wine, and food will never make you wealthy. Proverbs 21, 20. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. See, God's got all kind of plans and conditions and how he wants us to do that and how we practice his way of living. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his deed. I like when the Lord says he'll do that. Proverbs 21, 13. It's maintaining uh, generous ears. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Did you hear that? Listen. If I am not generous, if you're not generous, and I cry out to God, the Bible says he is not attentive to my prayer. It tells me God has got a connection here about my giving to my relationship. 
Your relationship is tied to giving because it's where your treasure is. It's where your heart is. Lord, thank you for that. You expect me to be generous. Look at seven. When we give, our gratitude expands and it helps us eliminate envy and complaining. Oh, man, do we have a complaining generation. They complain with Moses. They've complained today. They'll complain if the Lord tarries 20 years from now, 100 years from now. But the Lord says, if you're generous, I'll do something greater. Look at eight. When we give, we affirm Christ's lordship. The lordship of Jesus is elevated. It's, it's placed at a higher place, at a high priority when you and I give. It dethrones me and it exalts him. When you and I give, it just dethrones self and it goes, Jesus, you are the most important one. You're the priority of my life. I want to bless you in my giving, in my serving, in my worshiping, in my witnessing. It breaks me free from the gravitational hold of money. Listen to what Randy Alcorn said. He wrote The Treasure Principle. He goes, giving breaks me free from the gravitational hold of money and possessions. Giving shifts me to a new center of gravity, heaven. So when you and I give, we, we send things ahead. I like that. And we get financially free. Look at nine. When we give, God grants rewards for generous giving. A lot of people go, you mean God rewards people for giving? The Bible says he does. I believe the words of Scripture. In Matthew 6, 19 and 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Just coming back to this, because I want you to see it's powerful. Jesus says, each dollar that you give... God gives us a credit in heaven. He keeps up with that stuff. The Bible says, when we shed tears, the Lord remembers. And he puts it in a bottle, and he is sad when we're sad. The Bible says that Jesus sings over us in Zephaniah. And here, we have an account in heaven with the Lord. We don't buy our way into heaven. I mean, you can't be Bill Gates and give away $28 billion and earn heaven. Heaven's a grace gift. Heaven's a mercy gift. Heaven is free for those that come by the way of the cross. Amen? I love that, man. Lord, I, I can't earn this. You know, I like what a guy named Michael Davis, he said this, God's better than gold. He's just better than gold. He's going to let us walk on the streets of gold. He's going to give us gold in heaven. And you're saying, oh, I want him to give me some gold in, 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 in this life. Oh, is it gone out? Oh, thank you. See, I didn't. Can you? Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you. I didn't know he was coming for me. Like, okay, did I, you know, what did I do? Like, Jesus, here we go. Okay. I know, I know y'all are laughing. Y'all are sitting there watching me, but I mean, he's coming from my, and, I, and I'm like, man, I, I think I, you know, I think I got faculty. I don't think I had a crazy moment. I don't think I said anything I shouldn't have said. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right, here we go. Listen to this. Invest $1,000. Would you invest $1,000 if you knew you would fail? Would you? Well, you wouldn't be very smart if you did. But would you invest $1,000 in the kingdom of Christ and know you couldn't lose? That it would be something that God would do his work in and he would magnify his name? I like this. You invest for the long term. You invest for eternity. Just right down there today, I want to invest in eternity. And then I want you to look at move. I want to move down to this because it's so important this morning that I get there. The 10th point, when we give... Others have made it possible. When we give, others have made it possible. And, and when we give to Jesus, he does 
supernatural things with it. How many believe when we do, when we give to the Lord, he does a supernatural work in the spirit? How many believe that? I do with all my heart. And I pray you'll get in on that. But I want to throw this up here because people have made it possible that we can give. Of course, the Father is the one that gives us the faculty and the ability, and he's the one every good and perfect gift comes from above. But here's what I want you to see. When we give, others have made it possible. And I got to thinking about this because we've, we've had emails, we've sent out stuff, but I just thought you ought to kind of see some ways that we make it possible for you to give. Number one, we make it possible to give when we take an offering. You can give a check or you can put cash in the plate, and it makes a difference. And, and, uh, or, or you can, and some people just mail their checks, and, and that's cool. We don't go, oh, we don't receive checks because we do. Oh, man, we get excited when checks come. All right, the second way, I want you to look at this. You can do bank drafts, and, and there are people in our church that, that helps them be systematic and honoring to Christ, and, and we get bank drafts, and, and they go and they connect with their bank, and it doesn't. And the church gets 100% of that gift just like they give when you get on Sunday morning. It's really cool. But then there's a, a third way, and uh, I think it's, yeah. I, I said, did I say bank draft? Yeah. All right, let me give you the electronic giving. Now, this is something we've added, and this is really a cool way, and our young generation loves to give this way. We don't get 100% of the gift, and you get 100% credit, though. and somewhere between 1% and 2.5%, depending on how you give. And we just had some changes and all that. You can call the office, and we'll tell you. But it's, it's secure, and it's a great way to give. And, and people, there are people that are, man, there's, you know, they're you know, tagging their cards, or they're giving that out, and that's awesome, electronic giving. And there's a fourth way that most people don't think of, and over the years this has happened occasionally. It's stock gifts. And you can donate stock. And, and we have a, 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 a broker that we work with, and he, he charges us no fees to do that. And if you want to give that way, it's a way that's been made possible that you can give. And you're like, well, wow, that, that's kind of cool. But then I got to thinking about this as is, is I'm thinking about giving. We did a campaign to build this facility. It was called Building for the Harvest, and people gave sacrificially. And we bought this property and built this building. Then... A couple years later, we had a, uh, a, a campaign called Enlarge Our Borders. It only happened for a week. In a week, we raised a bunch of money, and we bought eight acres adjacent to here, and we bought that. And then in 2010, we moved into our building over here. It's called the theater. It's an educational building. It's for our students. It's for our children. And it was uh, beyond these walls, and, and people gave to that. And that was a way people could give. So there's all kinds of ways you can give in the body of Christ. But I just want you to move down to the end. I want you to see this message truth. The enemy of generosity is always going to be selfishness. See, this morning you've been confronted with a biblical charge to be generous in all areas of our lives. Keith, I've been charged, you've been charged, all of us. And yet the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy and keep us from being generous. And in our generosity, we have an antidote to greed. We have a, an antidote to selfishness. And I know about you, I, I need God to help me. I, I want to learn how to let faith dominate my fear. I need to confront my pride and greed through stewardship. John Maxwell has a, a Bible called the Leadership Bible. I really enjoy it. And he said this, to build generosity into your life, you need to be grateful for whatever you have. So if you have a little or you have a lot, you just go, Jesus, thank you for what I have. Secondly, you always put people first. Third, you don't allow greed to control you and captivate your heart. Fourth, you take money and you simply regard it as a tool, as a resource to give back to God. And fifth, and this is critical, you just develop a habit of giving. 
See, all this morning, we all have habits. We have personal habits, habits. We have collective corporate habits. And this is a habit that will help you grow spiritually. Jesus knew that if he could get my money, that's his money, he had a greater chance of getting all my heart. Because I go, Lord, there's nothing above you. Not the resources of this world, but the resources of heaven. Lord, I trust you. This morning, I hope you've been encouraged just from God's word that we've looked at it and we've looked at being uh, generous people. And I, I pray, I was praying with some guys this morning that the generosity of Christ would flow through this room, over the, over the web. It would flow in our people. And I just think God wants to do some neat stuff. And he wants us to be free. We sang a song about I'm free. This is how you get free, one of the ways. So this morning, I, I want to pray with you. Would you just bow your heads with me and let's just talk to Jesus. Lord, it is a beautiful day. I mean, outstanding day, Father. Man, the sun's shining, the temperature's up. I pray, Father, that this afternoon we enjoy the day immeasurably. It's a gift from you. Father, I thank you for this service and for the people that have come and gathered in this assembly. As we've come to hear the apostles' teaching, as we've come to hear the word of God. And Father, as we've been challenged by your word, I pray that today you would bring about conviction, and you would bring about change, and you would bring about generosity. And God, you would give us joy. You give us greater joy and more love in our heart. And God, you would conform us to the image of your son today a little bit more because we're obedient to the scriptures. God, our flesh is strong. Our sin is mighty. But our Savior is stronger. Conquer us today, Lord Jesus. Conquer me. Conquer my friends. Give us courage, God. Be courageous. Take a step of faith today. I'm going to be in the back of the room if anybody wanted to talk after this, but I just wanted to share with you a message about simple generosity. Lord, I, I really don't understand all of it, but I know it works. And I know you're pleased when I give. Lord, today, invade people's lives. Invade their space. Invade their stuff, their possessions. And help us to relinquish our things to you today, God. It all belongs to you, says Psalm 24. The earth and everything in it belongs to God. Lord, you are faithful. Help me. Help my friends to be faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen.